five hours. Right. So you just hang out. You'll know. You'll know when you're in the meeting. <laughs> You'll know. There's not even a door to knock on. <laughs> right. I guess joining the meeting is the equivalent of ringing the doorbell, I guess. And it's like, you're pretty sure they're home, but there's no guarantee <laughs> when they'll come answer the door. <laughs> well, and it's like, I can't even look through the window to see if you're home. You know what I mean? Right, because that's where you usually are, is looking through my windows. <laughs> You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Good morning, 2M Football fans. My name's Matt, and I'm here, as always, with the one and only Mike. Hello. Um, that's usually my line there, just a simple hello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah we but Mike, how are you doing this rainy, dreary Tuesday morning? Matt, I will tell you, I'm doing great. The rain can't get me down. The fact that there was cat hair all over my chair when I went to sit down can't get me down, because it is officially week one of the 2020 football season. I cannot believe we are finally here. It has felt like forever. It took forever to get here. Yep, sure did. <laughs> and we are two days away. Two days, Michael. Yes, sir. From the season opener. Could not be more pumped. <laughs> which we'll get to the breakdowns in a minute. We have a lot to get through. This is going to be a pretty beefy episode. Yep, yep. this is going to be packed. We'll try to go quick. Um, but first, I have a very important question since we are going to be getting into football. Mike, if you were to pick one snack to eat during a football game, what would it be? Yeah, and this is a really tough question. This might be the toughest question we've attempted to tackle on the show yet. There's so many options. Um, I don't know if this counts as a snack per se, but I'm going to go with with wings. Uh, Shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings, (laughs) a place we've visited. Sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings. Not yet. Uh, a place that we have visited many times in the past to watch a football game. Um, it's, it's a place that resides in our heart. Sure does. Even if we can't visit there in person at the moment, I might have to order some for myself on Sunday. <laughs> but let me throw that question back your way. I know you like to cook as well, so maybe your favorite football snack is something you make yourself. I've always been a big nacho thing, nacho nacho guy. Yes. Um one of the things we always got at Buffalo Wild Wings was the loaded nachos as well as a plethora of wings. Yep, the nachos were the one constant. The, the wing flavors changed every time, but the nachos... Mine stayed the same. You were the crazy guy that uh, was like, I'm going to order these, and then you get through a couple of them, and you're like, I don't know why I got these. Hey, that's about as crazy as my life gets, so you got to live a little some at some point. So I have to say, I, I'm, I'm a big nacho person, and actually for our draft, I put a spin on nachos and made them a tad bit healthier so I could eat a massive plate of them all by myself and not feel as guilty. (laughs) Um, And they were delicious. And I will definitely be making those probably Sunday. Very nice. Sit down and watch football all day. Cannot wait. Anyway. uh, So do you have the notes open? You you referenced my lovely notes. Oh my God, dude. I worked for the field museum and worked on ancient languages and had an easier time figuring out what the hell is going on (laughs) with all these bullet points on these notes. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I like, I love the level of preparedness and I'm like, okay, I can read through these. And I'm like, well, part of this doesn't matter anymore. Part of it is like, man, things weren't updated. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the flow of this episode is supposed to be. I know nothing. You're like, we're going to go over our draft stuff. And I was like, that seems easy. And I was like, why are there three pages of notes? (laughs) So despite the fact that, Mike, you gave us this lovely game plan and rundown, and I cannot understand it, it's foreign to me. What are we breaking down? What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to talk about everything week one. We'll start just with some big picture stuff. We'll go through the matchups. We'll make our... Our picks, as um, we are in a pigskin pick'em contest, just the two of us talking a little fantasy at the end, like you already referenced. We had our draft for our main uh, redraft league this past weekend. Stoked um, for the first time in two years. Your team looks great, and uh, let's we'll we'll get into it a little bit if there's time. We'll see. 
And uh, we'll just also introduce a couple other things we'll be doing on the show this season. Um, in addition to the season-long league we're both in, we'll be doing a head-to-head fan duel. So we'll tease a couple. Assuming you've already set your lineup. If not, I you- have. I have. Okay. I have to set my lineup in order to send you the link. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Um, so we'll talk about that, reveal a few of our most intriguing, in our estimation, picks. And If you could see me right now, it looks like I'm like a hacker. I have... You the the Zoom call on one monitor. I have our notes for the episode on another monitor, and in a tab on that same monitor, I have my redraft league. And I'm about to open like FanDuel and picks can pick them. I I I got very very nice football HQ over there. Not to mention you're surrounded by whiteboards, right? Uh, I still have to get my second one, but okay. yes, I will soon have at least two whiteboards <laughs> around the command center that is two M football. Love it. Uh, all right. So yeah, without further ado, let's, let's start talking about week one (laughs) in a big picture level first. And I think the the biggest thing that will be on all of our minds is that there are so many, there are always unknowns, always questions going to week one every year. That's part of the fun and the buildup. But I think there are about 10 times more of those than usual this season due to the fact that we didn't get to see any of these teams during preseason. We've seen you know, Instagram videos from their training camps, but we haven't seen any of these players and they themselves have not yet really yet seen real, real live football action. And uh, so this will be the first time that they're uh, experiencing that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be rusty. I mean, yeah, and it's going to be brutal. Like players have a big decision to make this week one. Do they go all out with the risk of injury, or is everyone going to kind of use the first couple of weeks as like a quote unquote preseason warm up? Sure. Like yeah. there, there's two total different approaches teams can take. Yeah, and I think due to that, we it's important for us uh, as we watch the games not to overreact too much to what we're seeing, um, and and to, as excited as we are to not necessarily expect the highest level of football <laughs> being played. Um, of course, that won't take away from the excitement at all, but it's just something to keep in mind. And with that, you know, it also means that for the first time, for many of these teams, they're actually going to be traveling. Right. And given the current situation in the world and right now with sports, it's uh, it's going to be key to watching these guys, especially for fantasy purposes, um, of what's going on. Because it could lead to potential more positives. And the last thing we need is an outbreak in a clubhouse. Yeah, because while they've been relatively sectioned off, you know, to their own mini quarantine among the teams while they're in camp. uh, Yeah. Like you mentioned that there's no NFL bubble like the NBA has done. Um, They will actually be traveling. So that obviously increases the risk of exposure. Um, And yeah, and we'll have to monitor the, the test result, the COVID test results in the following days, like you said. Um, but we want to just start getting into the games. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. Starting with the Thursday night game, the very first game opening up the 2020 NFL season is, of course, the Houston Texans visiting the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. And, and this is actually a rematch. These two teams met in the playoffs this past season. And if you remember that game, um, it was crazy. I think I missed the start of it because I remember getting an alert that the Texans were up twenty-one to nothing early in the nothing. Yeah, early in the first or second quarter. Uh, and then, of course, Chiefs righted the ship and came back to win in a dominating fashion with a final score of fifty-one to thirty-one. Eighty-two combined points is insane. Yeah, offensive, uh, offensive-minded people love to see it. And, of course, this offseason, both of these quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, both landed major paydays and contract extensions. And you think if we ask really nicely, we could get a piece of that? Maybe if we ask really nicely, yes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, if you're listening, you know us. You know. Uh, so, yeah, these are definitely two of the top five quarterbacks in the league right now going at it. Uh, I couldn't be more stoked. Now, we don't have any of our proven players in this matchup. So we can just get straight into pigskin pick them. I assume, I think we're both taking the chiefs, right? Yep. And then cool. the first week I took the safe route for the eliminator and took the chiefs. Smart, smart. 
I just want I want to take week one to analyze the teams, how their offenses are looking. I know it's going to take more than a couple of weeks, so the first few weeks are going to be kind of safe bets. Yeah, for sure. Um, until we get to see how these offenses and defenses are faring, and then it's going to get interesting because for those who don't know, an eliminator, each week you pick a team to win, but then you cannot pick that team again. So since I'm picking the Chiefs to beat the Texans, regardless of any outcome, I cannot pick the Chiefs the rest of the year. Yep, yep. Cool. And All right, the next slide version of the app's explanation. Yeah, yeah, it gets a little wordy. It's really not that complicated, but it makes it sound like it is. Uh, so moving on to the noon games on Sunday, first one on the slate here is Jets at Bills. And um, a divisional, Bills all the way. Ugh, divisional matchup, yeah, in the AFC East. And, yep, I'm taking the Bills as well. This will be Josh Norman's Bills debut. Um, it's unclear yet um, who he'll be matching up with against the Jets receiver core. Is there a little bit banged up? Both taking the Bills, like you said. You've got Tremaine Edmonds, I believe, on, in the Bills linebacking core. I do, I do. So, so it'll be interesting to see how he fares against what apparently was a pretty talked about Jets offense. You know, Darnold's now had some time in the league. Can he take this offense to the next level? And the question becomes is, is the Bills' dominant defenses, uh, defense going to continue to be just that? Yep. Uh, moving I right like, along. Packers. I like the next game. Yeah. Oh, I am very excited about this game. Packers at Vikings. Woo! An NFC North divisional matchup between the t- uh, division's top two teams from last year. And uh, in terms of proven players, we've got Alan Lazard, who was my pick. But interestingly, the training camp buzz seemed to favor his fellow wide receiver, Marcus uh, Valdez-Scantling, had a very good camp. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers actually called him out by name, saying he had a very strong training camp. So it's going to be interesting to see what that means for Alan Lazard's role in the offense. He might not actually be the wide receiver, too. He might only be on the field in three wide receiver sets primarily. So that's what I'll be keeping an eye on. Besides, of course, us being Packer fans is a huge game in the NFC North. Nothing bigger, nothing to get momentum going than winning your first division game. Right, especially on the road. If you're the Packers, that would be – you'd give them a huge leg up. Eagles at Washington is up next. Yeah, this will be a a fun one. A lot of of divisional matchups week one. I like it. Which are the most critical games, in my opinion, versus everything else. Yep, for sure. These are the games that determine tiebreakers in the league. So, And on the Eagles, actually have two of my uh, player picks for the 2020 season. We've got Boston Scott in the backfield. Um, it's, it's unclear what exactly his role is going to be. He, of course, was so dominant at the end of 2019. And Miles Sanders, the presumed starter, has been a little bit banged up in camp. And they say he'll be fine, but just the fact that there are even lingering um, concerns for an injury – or uh, could lead to Boston Scott getting more work. Real quick, you picked the Packers to win over Vikings, right? Ah, yes, thank you. I did pick the Packers. You too? Yes, sir. Go Pack Go. And then on the other side of the Eagles, I've got Darius Slay, who I'll be keeping my eye on. He was my other proven player here in this division. And uh, I don't know who exactly he will be lined up on. I'm hoping, though, that it's Terry McLaurin, the uh, Washington's only receiver? Only receiver, yeah. Yep. It makes yeah. sense to me that he's going to shadow him on the field. I don't think he's going to play just a half-field coverage because mm-hmm. uh, unless they feel confident in the rest of their, their secondary there, but Slay should be shadowing McLaurin. That's there's, what I'm hoping. Yep. There's, there's no, to me, from a defensive mind, it only makes sense. Yeah, so that'll be it. Ashkins is going to go throw to him and no one else. Excellent matchup to watch there between those two guys. Unless um, my guy Bryce Love magically makes an appearance on the field. <laughs> so I'm taking the Eagles to win this game. I have them as well. Great. Moving right along, we've got the Browns at the Ravens. Oh, I love the AFC North division. Just a gritty, brutal division. Uh-huh. Yeah, these, these games are always so fun. And almost more than any other division, it, it seems like regardless of who's who's having a dominant season versus who's having an off year, these games can often go either way. Regardless, we've got um, Odell Beckham Jr. going up against the really tough Ravens defense. We'll get our first look 
at the same time at uh, Kevin Stefanski's offense, what he's going to do with that, the Browns scheme. Uh, and then on the other side, you've got Patrick Queen, who was the Ravens first round pick at, at the linebacker position in this year's draft. Uh, and just that matchup of, of him and that whole linebacking core going up against the Browns dynamic run game, but also they've got two very talented tight ends in, in the incumbent starter. Um, oh, what's that dude's name? Anyway, they brought in Austin Hooper too. So they honestly no offense, but I know he's on the Broncos. Yeah, you leave my Broncos out of this. We're not there yet. Not yet. David Njoku. That's it. David Njoku, who was there before. He's a. Uh, they've got two tight ends who can catch. So Patrick Queen will have his hand, hands full defending them. And also in this game, you've got uh, the return of Miles Garrett after his season was cut short by suspension last year. My boy. Yep. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him come out of the gate swinging. He got that massive deal, uh, contract extension last year, or hopefully this, not, this hopefully, not swinging, hopefully not swinging helmets this time. Uh, well, <laughs> we're not playing. He's not playing Pittsburgh, so it's a little bit more controlled. And I'm taking the Ravens to win this game. Yes. Cool. Next up, Colts at Jaguars. We've Another good Gard- game. Yeah, Gardner Minshew looking to get Minshew off to a magic. hot start. Shumania, he's my guy, my prove-it player. Um, looking to get off to a strong start against the Colts, who were in the bottom half of the league in terms of pass defense last year. And Minshew might end up throwing the ball even more than we thought he would this year due to the team surprisingly cutting Leonard Fournette last week and not really bringing in anyone to replace him. So they've got a collection of homegrown guys that are relative unknowns. It's going to make this offense, for now, the offense is clearly going to be one-dimensional. So I feel like they're putting a lot of pressure on Gardner Minshew to throw this ball and be accurate with it because it's not like they can default to a run game at this point. Right. Exactly. Um, so for the, the, the Colts' defense, it really is man-to-man coverage, cover your guy and take away the weapons, and there's not a lot of options right now. It's going to force them to utilize their running backs. Yeah, and they did bring in Chris Thompson to handle some of that pass-catching load, so maybe he has a big day. We will have to see. Um, However, all that being said, I'm taking the Colts to win this one. Uh, I am as well. well, We we know what uh, Phillip Rivers can do, and the fact that Fournette was gone actually led me to switch. I had the Jags, but I switched to the Colts. Oh, interesting. Um, Because – like I said, it's forcing them to a one dimension right now of throwing the ball. Yep. And Phillip Rivers will be thrown against your guy, your pick, approved pick, CJ Henderson, Jaguars rookie cornerback. Uh, and once again, it's he's a rookie corner. So if they wind up putting him on T.Y. Hilton, I'm not sure that's going to end very well for <laughs> Henderson. Um, but everybody has rust and – the other thing to keep in mind is Rivers is in a new offensive system with Frank Wright. Yeah. So there's still a learning curve that has to develop here. Totally. Um, so it's not out of the realm, and Rivers is known for fourth-quarter blunders. <laughs> yeah, so they, they uh, so better there is a potential Henderson could cap with an INT or something, and, sure. and the, uh, the Jags might take it, but we'll see how the game plays out. Yes, we will. Next up is the Raiders at Panthers. You got Curtis Samuel. Is He's my private player that I'll be keeping an eye on. Panthers receiver. Going yeah, up one of like three that aren't either like on IR or COVID list. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get into that. I lost, uh, I already lost Artie Burns and uh, very sadly Derwin James, but we'll, we'll get into that in a bit later. Don't even start with that. <laughs> but yeah, Curtis Samuel, who apparently didn't have an impressive training camp, at least according to Beat reporters in Carolina, uh, but week one will be his first chance to put a good show on tape, and that also goes hand in hand with Teddy Bridgewater's Panthers debut at quarterback. There, he's gonna he's he's gonna bring this offense to life. It's gonna be, it's really nice to see him in a starting role again. Yeah, I'm really excited for him to get this opportunity. And then on the Raiders side, they they've got a couple new additions to their um, passing offense, most notably Henry Ruggs III. Woohoo! That's my guy. Yep. 
So. Really excited about his speed and dimension to stretch the vertical part of the field. But it all boils back to the same concern I have. Yep. At this Perfect. point, I've talked it to death, and until I'm proven otherwise, I will continue to talk about it. Mr. Carr. Eric Carr's inability to want to throw down the field. This gives him the opportunity. So at this point, between Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, uh, Darren Waller, he's got offensive weapons, not to mention Josh Jacobs. If yep. he isn't throwing down the field, that's either by design, so that's play calling, or they just don't trust him enough. And at that point, you've got to be able to make the big plays to stretch the defense and open up lanes. If he isn't throwing down the field and making massive strides by week four or five, what are the odds we have a quarterback change? Well, they might be a little bit lower than they were a few weeks ago because I, I think I saw Mariota went on IR. Sorry, Matt. Well, that just took the win of my sales. All right, yeah. and that episode. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, car seems safe for now, but uh, we'll see. Next game on the slate here, our hometown Chicago Bears traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Oh, yeah, and this is where I have uh, written best wishes to Artie Burns. He was my proven player pick, uh, a cornerback. He was going to be in his first year in Chicago, but uh, he tore his ACL a few weeks ago in training camp. So we wish him a speedy recovery. And the second point has already been answered, and, Mike, you were right. I should have. We should have bet on this one. Yeah. It will be Mitch Trubisky quarterbacking the Bears. And we called it. Matt did call, and I offered him a bet. I really thought it would be false, but he turned me down. Luckily for me, because I'm not in the mood to eat jello at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have the question written here, and obviously we can't answer right now. But will the answer, or will the same quarterback start in week 17? Um, Mike, since it's week one, I can't answer what happens at week 17. I doubt it. That's my answer. (laughs) I'm still, yeah. You're still in the Foles camp. Yeah, more more in the anti-Mitch camp, but yeah. (laughs) We'll see if he can get it done against uh, the Lions, who have uh, added a cornerback to their defensive backfield, the first-round pick. Matata. Jeff Okuda, that's right. I am really excited about him. I am really – I have not been this excited. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year due to the fact that Stafford's my QB2. And I have Marvin Jones Jr. as my wide receiver three. And I have Jeff Okunda as my prove-it player. (laughs) I've never been more of a Lions fan. Yeah, you got a lot invested in them this year. (laughs) Um, And I like how you said I should have renamed my team to the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get into that later. But I have – feels like I have, like, the core crux of the Lions on my team more than so than Dallas. Um. But this is going to be exciting. I, you know, rookie corner struggle, but I like this initial matchup. Who's Acuna going to cover? Is it going to be Anthony Miller? Is it going to be Allen Robinson? Al Robinson's a big dude. So if he does ma- manage to line up against Allen Robinson, I'm going to love this matchup. Yeah, and that's what I would expect, um, at least if it were me, as obviously I'm not the coach of the Lions. But if it were me, oh, that's probably what I would do. You told me that you told me all this information. You told me to take Stafford and Jones. Did you lie? You did. Those were great picks. I was um, I was hoping to get Stafford because a lot of people are. I feel like he's a little bit under undervalued in fantasy and in in the NFL. Since he's, he's just solid and reliable, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, and he he throws it downfield. He's just been That's stuck exactly in why I wanted him as my QB too. He's just been stuck in Detroit his whole career. That's the only thing he's done wrong. <laughs> I think he's, he's not, happy there, ironically enough. Well, he's got some good pass catchers there. So Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are quite the one-two punch. He had Megatron for a while. No, yeah. Um, no, sorry. Backing up to the uh, Raiders-Panthers. I'm taking the Raiders. Yes, I have the Raiders as well. And in this game, I'm taking the hometown, or the Lions, who are the home team in this game. Uh uh, they're here somewhere. Um, I believe you told me you took the Bears. I did. I wanted to spice it up. Every week I try to pick a long shot player. Mm. And, I, and I'm and i going out on the fact that Trubitsky is going out there to prove it this year. Right. Yep. And I feel like the best way to do that is to come out strong. 
Sure. And I think they need to utilize my other prove-it player in this division, Tariq Cohen, as more of that gadget type. He's a wily, wily one. And I think they need his unpredictableness to help move that offense down and give the defenses more and more to focus on. Sure. But they definitely do with uh, David Montgomery, I believe, is going to miss this game. Well, Tariq Cohen's not a a primary three-down back, that's for sure. But this is going to put Nagy's play calling to the front right now. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get to see if Cordero Patterson can really do it because they've been hyping him up as a running back. I think he's officially listed now as a running back on the roster. Is he still listed as their punt returner too? That I don't know. Because that's about what he excels at. Yep. Um, all right, cool. So moving on, Seahawks at Falcons. This is an exciting game. Uh, bird battle. <laughs> Bloody bird battle. Which bird is dirtier? Uh, officially, the Falcons created the dirty bird. I was doing this when I was looking up more uh, uh, cocktails designed around <laughs> NFL teams. Okay. So I have a recipe made up to attempt later in honor of the Falcons of the dirty bird. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but you can argue the Legion of Boom made the Seahawks the dirtier team. <laughs> In a good way, not like cheap shots, but... Oh, oh, okay. I wasn't sure what exactly we were going for there. Yeah, no, we're not We're not stepping on people's hands or ripping off helmets. And I mean, I know I always joke, rip their helmet off and beat them with it, but Miles Garrett took me a little too, <laughs> yeah, little too seriously. I don't joke about that anymore. So I have the Seahawks, despite the fact I'm a Falcons fan. Yeah, I taking this game. I, I do too. Even though I'm I'm really excited about the Falcons' offense with the uh, you know obviously you got Julio Jones and then Calvin Ridley really coming into his own. He's a good breakout candidate this year. Uh, but I still think the Seahawks are a little bit more dynamic on offense with uh, Russell Wilson's abilities. And then uh, just I mean they have two really exciting pass catchers too, and in, in Lockett and Metcalf should be a fun game because the Seahawks' defense isn't what it used to be especially without Jadeveon Clowney. Who's now a Titan. Yeah, which we'll get into in a little bit too. Um, and then I'm just – I want to see what Matt Ryan's going to come out and do now. You know, they lost Devontae Freeman to free agency, who's still unsigned, surprisingly. I'm really right. surprised by that. Fact. Yeah, same. Brought in Gurley, obviously, to replace him. You know, they brought in the one dude, Todd Gurley. Yep, that's what I just said. Um, I clearly I wasn't listening. Hayden Hurst. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tight ends have always had good value with Matt Ryan. So I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see him come out swinging. I want to see Matt Ryan put up like four touchdowns, 300 passing yards, preferably no interceptions, but no more than one would be nice. All right. But I'm more interested in seeing how that Falcon defense has evolved since 28 and three. Oof. You had to bring that up again. I brought it up this time. Yeah. The only thing that cost us that Super Bowl was was the defense. All right. Uh, Dolphins-Patriots wraps up the noon games. Wow, that's a lot of games. Uh, Dolphins-Patriots in, played in New England. And my first bowl. Everyone knows who's winning this one. Super Cam. I cannot wait to see Cam Newton. Um, you are way more excited about this matchup than I am. Well, I'm, I'm not excited about the matchup necessarily, <laughs> but I'm excited to see Cam Anyone can go play against the last-ranked Dolphins and look phenomenal, so I am not <laughs> not buying into this game whatsoever as an evaluation of New England's offense as much as I am just seeing what the Dolphins can muster up again with Fitzpatrick again at the helm. How does this guy keep winning starting positions? <laughs> It's that Harvard education, man. <laughs> It'll take you places. Yeah. <laughs> you know how to make a good argument. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, you talk about the Patriots offense. Definitely should have a big game. Hopefully that translates to Nikhil Harry, my prove-it player, their receiver who they picked in last year's draft. Had kind of been up and down training camp. And, honestly, I don't even know necessarily what exactly his role will be in this, this new-look Patriots offense. They let Mohamed Sanu go a couple weeks ago. So now uh, he's – it's just it's him and Edelman at the top of this receiver depth chart. So it'll be interesting to see what this looks like. And, yeah, Miami had one of the worst pass defenses last year. It's probably going to be just as bad this year. <laughs> so, yeah, they should all have a big game. Start all your Patriots in fantasy. Well, except maybe Sony Michelle. <laughs> well, 
and Sony Michelle will be. Looks like he's set to go week one. Looks like he's healthy. Yes. Um, which is exciting, and I'm. I didn't take him in my draft this year. I kind of wanted him on a bench spot, but I didn't. I didn't have the guts after the disappointing season last year. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to come back and bite me. Probably that's been the the Patriots' backfield for fantasy purposes for a long time, right? It's it's never the guy you think it's going to be. Watch Rex Burkhead go out and run for three touchdowns on Sunday. That would not surprise me. <laughs> it's it's anyone you pick, it's going to be one of the other players. It's yeah. just the way this backfield works. It's a committee type backfield. Everyone has a place. James White's the pass catcher. Sony Michelle is like the between the twenties rusher, who then becomes very touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. And then they usually throw to James White. So it's like, you can't really win. Yeah. <laughs> like, great. Sony Michelle ran for 200 yards, but he got zero touchdowns, and James White got seven. It's and like, great, about, thanks. And you talk about rushing touchdowns. That's something that uh, Cam Newton himself will probably vulture away from Sony Michelle. He's Cam Newton is, is a better goal line running back than Sony Michelle. <laughs> and that's he's how he's a better goal line like rusher than yeah. most running backs. Yeah, he, he's like LeGarrette Blunt, but if he was a quarterback. <laughs> but a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, so we're both obviously picking the Patriots here. Uh, moving on uh, to the afternoon, a lot, but yeah. <laughs> moving on to the afternoon slate of games. Now uh, it gets good. Now it this gets afternoon good. Afternoon is is my is my shtick. First one here: Chargers at Bengals. This is such an exciting matchup, even though it was yeah. until your guy, who like we argued about for like twenty minutes about drafting, decided that he wanted to blow his knee out. I am so sad about this because Derwin James, of course, he missed eleven games with a foot injury last year. He's going to miss, I believe, the whole season this year after having knee surgery. Um, just uh, super bummed. I was so sad the whole day when this news came out. I was infuriated. <laughs> On my board under our dynasty heading next to DB James, I have the words IR, and I think I should put an angry face. Did you shed a little tear as you wrote that? Tear of anger and frustration. Okay, yeah. Um, But, yeah, the Chargers are still a super interesting team. Of course, they've been featured on Hard Knocks, so we've seen a little bit of uh, what the dynamic is between head coach Anthony Lynn and, and the players on that team. Uh, Tyrod Taylor will be the week one starter at quarterback. Uh, just Austin like Eckler. just like Fitzpatrick, he's holding off a rookie for now. And yeah, of course, Austin Eckler. Very... I was really upset I didn't get to grab him in the second round. <laughs> yeah, he's in for a big season. Um, but well, that depends on, on Tyrod Taylor's usage. I feel like he should have a big season, but – Taylor is a very mobile quarterback. However, the last time Anthony Lynn was in a city with him, he got benched halfway through and started for a rookie. So the question is, how long will Terod Taylor be an effective quarterback until the rookie steps in to take the ropes? Yeah, and and Justin Herbert, the rookie, the aforementioned rookie, uh, seemed to have a pretty strong camp too. Uh, So, yeah, it's definitely only a matter of time. But, once uh, once Herbert takes the reins, Eckler's value goes up because they're going to need that run game to take pressure off the rookie quarterback. Could be, yeah. Uh, and then they don't have a whole lot in the passing game, really, uh, especially if Mike Williams ends up missing time. But uh, what you've got there are Keenan Allen, who's another guy who just got extended, uh, his contract extended, and then Hunter Henry, the, the pass-catching tight end. So uh, I think the Chargers' defense is really more interesting, though. Even without Derwin James, you've still got – the combination of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram on that uh, defensive line. And I think they're going to give flipping over to the other side. I think they're going to give rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow, a lot of headaches though. That being said, the Bengals have a pretty exciting group of offensive skill position players. Big year for Tyler Boyd. He's calling it right now. I agree with you. And maybe one last hurrah for AJ green before he hits free agency. Pop up on like an injury report though. So it's like, (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, he's he's been nursing a hamstring, it seems like, off camp. But uh, Soft tissue injuries are no joke when you get to that age and then that position. Yep, very true. Let's just look at Sean Lee. Yeah, who has, I think, already been declared out for week one for Dallas. Um, Andrew Ash. Yep, and we'll get there. And then also Joe Mixon, of course, who also just got paid. I just put a bunch of... Uh, money emojis next to his name in the notes here you did i can verify because i'm looking at them and they're really creepy 
So, it looks huh? like green eyeballs with vomit. But I know those are dollar signs with dollar bills coming out of them. I was going to say, is that not the international symbol for money? <laughs> <laughs> money makes me sick. Uh, and I am taking the Chargers to win this game. And I'm not necessarily playing it safe because I've picked them in Eliminator, too. I took the Chargers to win over the Bengals as well. Cool. All right. Next up, Cardinals at 49ers. Mike, your divisional pick team. Look at that. They're my sleeper pick. They're not. I didn't pick them to win the division. I, and I'm not picking them to win this game. <laughs> wow, However, such confidence. However, that doesn't mean I'm not still excited about the Cardinals. I uh, didn't deny there was excitement there. I just denied the fact that you have any ground to stand on. <laughs> well, they're not beating the 49ers. That's one thing that I'll say confidently. <laughs> and, and, other, out. and one of the reasons on the 49ers is Raheem Mostert, of course, their running back who took over towards the end of last season and put up huge numbers in the playoffs. Um, but the, now that everyone else in that backfield is healthy, they, they shipped off Matt Breida, but you still got Tevin Coleman there who was signed in free agency prior to last season. Uh, Jeff Wilson, who shows up randomly to score three touchdowns in a game sometimes, and Jarek McKinnon who they signed, I think, over two years ago from Minnesota, and he's healthy for the first time since then. He said, I think he's torn his long. Yeah. He's going to take one snap and limp off the field for the game. Right, yeah. I mean, we'll see. That could totally happen. But for now, you got four guys in that backfield, and it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot who is used when, but Mostert should have a good opportunity um, against Arizona because they were bottom 10 in the, against the run last year. Of course, that was before they drafted Isaiah Simmons, who's going to change everything and take home defensive rookie of the year. Mm. <laughs> You're skeptical? I still have Chase Young in my camp. I sent you those videos of Chase Young. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know the ones. <laughs> Not the public ones. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, my other improvement player in this matchup Patrick is... Patrick Peterson. Talk about him, Mike. Let's go. Peterson, quick, quick, get that behind us. I'm not sure who he's going to match up against because the 49ers, for all their running prowess, they have some issues at receiver right now. They might have Debo Samuel back week one. Um, It might be rookie Brandon Ayuk at the wide receiver one spot, although he's banged up too. So we're going to see who Peterson's going to cover, but they're going to put him on somebody, and we're going to see what he has left in the tank after a bit of a weird season last year. Uh, where Peterson was suspended for the first half and then didn't quite look like himself for the rest of the season. And I'm going to watch Nick Bosa eat Cardinals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) Need I say more? Mm, Delicious. Uh, No, I think that's all you need to say. And then, uh, yeah, you're taking 49ers to win, I'm assuming? I am. Cool. And then moving on to our final afternoon game, Bucks at Saints. And I oh, yes. how how is in the world is this not a primetime game? <laughs> oh, this, I'm actually okay with the primetime Sunday night game, but yes, I can see where this <laughs> Brady versus Breeze, two 40-year-old quarterbacks at the top of their game still. <laughs> in the same division now. Man, I can't wait for this one. Um, but besides those two guys, of course, they will be the headliners. But I'll also be watching Antoine Winfield Jr., who was the um, Buccaneers draft pick. And his first test, his first taste of real NFL game uh, live action is going to be against one of the most prolific passers in league history. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you have a blessing, and now take the field. And don't <laughs> let Breeze complete a pass. Good luck. Yeah. I want to see somebody like a rookie go against one of the most accurate passers and see how well this plays out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the story of this one will, will be the offenses and we know what we know what new orleans can do the biggest question mark is going to be brady and is he in sync with his new receivers and that new bruce arians passing scheme and i have a feeling chris godwin is going to have a bigger year than mike edwins because i feel godwin's going to become the edelman of this team yeah i totally agree with that and we know how brady likes his slot receivers yep Yep. And I'm sure he'll produce numbers in this game. Uh, however, I am taking the Saints at home to win this matchup. Yes, 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 yes. 
Okay. And I am hoping Kiko Alonso makes it a little hard on Mr. Brady. <laughs> but we will see. Yep. I'm excited for this one, but for the Sunday night game. Oh, I, I love this matchup. Sunday night football, Cowboys at Rams. Oh, yeah. This is going to be awesome, actually. Half my fantasy team plays that night. <laughs> Probably not a good draft strategy, but... Hey, I mean, if uh, clearly we're buying what we ourselves are selling in terms of <laughs> this Dallas offense and how good we think it's going to be. You've got the addition of C.D. Lamb, who was the, the high draft pick. Uh, Blake Jarwin taking over a tight end. You think? Uh, just to throw it, since we're at the Cowboys, and we keep yeah. making you keep making fun of me. Let me just tell people: these are all the Dallas players on my team. I have Prescott. <laughs> I've got Gallup. I have C.D. Lamb. I have Tony Pollard. So four out of seventeen roster spots have <laughs> <laughs> been dedicated to Dallas's offense. I mean, but but you can't uh, can't really say anything bad about any of those picks, though, because uh, I think they're all. I mean, Pollard, depending on Ezekiel Elliott's health, but Pollard is simply an insurance policy. And when we get to a fantasy, I'll go over that the reason I took him. Okay. Um, but I have a lot to be paying attention to in this game myself. For I have both of my prove it players on opposite sides. Yeah. The beauty of it is, well, actually, no, I just realized. The hard part is, is they play on opposite sides of the ball, so they're always going to be on the, the field. Same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have Leighton Van Der Esch for Dallas, and I have Tyler Higby for for um, for LA. With Sean Lee missing Week One, this is Van Der Esch's start to Defensive Player of the Year, at least contention. Uh-huh. He's got to come out and he's got to put pressure. That offensive line of L.A. still makes me a little nervous because the only person that I have confidence in is Andrew Whitworth, and he's turning, what, 40? I believe so. Maybe a little bit older. Um, so Van Der Esch has to be involved, and there's no run uh, defense or no real run game that we know of yet in L.A. because there's no clear cut who's going to be the workhorse of that backfield. Right. After shipping Gurley out of town, uh, they've got – uh, Malcolm Brown, who I believe a few days ago, Sean McVay said would get the quote unquote start. Although that being said, the plan was to use a rotation between uh, Darrell Henderson, who's there. And then also a guy who wound up on my fantasy team, uh, Cam Akers, the rookie uh, second round pick for them this year. So yeah, you we'll feel see about that one. Uh, no, I, I felt sick to my stomach because I made that pick. You picked that at like the fifth or sixth round too and then proceeded to tell me that was a garbage pick. I mean, I realized... No garbage was, pick in the fifth or sixth round, Mike. I was... there. The board was running out of running backs quickly and, and I didn't feel good about mine so I felt like I had to take one. It was a it was a panic. It was a panic move. Um, but anyway, I am excited about this Rams offense having a bounce back season as a whole and I hope to see lots of passes to a very particular wide receiver. <laughs> Van Jefferson? I will smack you. <laughs> oh, Cooper Cup. Oh, Cooper Cup. Still underrated, I think, as a receiver. Yeah. I don't think people really appreciate what Cooper Cup does. Yeah, he's great. I mean, the, the Rams appreciated him enough to let uh, Brandon Cooks go so that it's just uh, Cup and Woods being the primary uh, pass catchers there. I renamed my uh, entire fantasy team from not going to suck to um, take home the cup. Love it. Spelled K-U-P-P, of course. Uh, so, yeah, in this game, I believe we're on opposite sides. I'm taking the Rams. And I have Dallas. Cool. I think you're right, actually, but but I'm sticking with the, with the Rams. We got to have a little bit of spice here. We can't all pick the same things. I think I'm biased from hard knocks because just seeing, like, every week what a monster Aaron Donald is. <laughs> well, I have no denial of that. I just have questions about that offensive line in the run, run game against the Dallas sure. team. Yep, totally valid. And then moving into the Monday night doubleheader, which is, just as an aside, this is like one of my favorite things every year, the week one Monday night football doubleheader or the, the late game. I don't care about the 7 o'clock game. It's the second game on the slate. That yeah, I, it's the late one. That's exciting. <laughs> oh. Just in general. I'm not saying I don't care about Steelers at Giants. Just I really game. don't. Andrew Thomas is my player. <laughs> Go him. Help the offensive line for the Giants. Woo, we all know the Steelers are probably going to win this. Yeah, good luck, Andrew Thomas, going against uh, TJ Watt and 
Bud Dupree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in that subtle pause. Halfway through that, I questioned myself. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, there I is do that every time I mention a player's name. So that's what happens when I don't write a note. That's why Wasn't I leave it all- Nick that pointed out I made the mistake of saying O.J. Howard was still on Chicago, and I knew better than that? It was uh, Jordan Howard, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, run- there we go. See, I still can't get it right. <laughs> too many Howards in the league. There's a lot, or at least two. But, yeah, Steelers <laughs> at Giants, not too much to analyze here. Um, Steelers get Ben Roethlisberger back after he missed almost all of last season with the elbow injury. Supposedly he feels better than ever, but we so see if Juju becomes number one or not, or if Deontay jo- Washington. No, you know, Deontay Johnson, you had it. Deontay Johnson, <laughs> James. Right? What was it? No, it's Washington. James Washington and Deontay Johnson. <laughs> that guy that's going to be opposite Juju. Yes, <laughs> that guy. The one in the Steelers uniform plays wide receiver. I mean, not to say the Giants aren't an exciting team. Uh, Daniel Jones. It's really exciting. Uh, you remembered got, his name. I did. <laughs> Can you believe it? I laugh every time I listen to that part. When you're like, what's Danny, his real name? Danny Dimes. What's his name? What's his name? Danny Dimes. <laughs> it's like the very subtle Daniel Jones. Which, by the way, I've started to make a note. That's the second time you've forgotten somebody like critical. First one was Cliff Kingsbury. And then it was Daniel Jones where you couldn't remember their actual name. That's the most frustrating thing, too, because it's always right there, you know? It's, it's always right at the tip of your tongue. Anyway, um, Steelers yeah. defense. I think I think the Steelers are a really interesting team. I'm kind of wishing I'd picked them as my sleeper because they've got a, a great defense with the addition of Mika Fitzpatrick. That trade they made halfway through last season. They've got a uh, he's he plays safety. Uh, it would have made me feel better about picking Dallas because I feel like the Steelers argument was the same you made for my Dallas is sort of cheating. <laughs> like the Steelers with Roethlisberger healthy always have right. the ability to compete and be a contender. Right. Yeah. And the only reason they didn't was because they lost him and they still went eight and eight last year. So yeah, with him back, yeah, that would have been a relatively safe pick. Although that said, we both still picked Baltimore to win the division. Um, but we did both pick Steelers to win this game against the giants. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo giant Steelers. Great. Yeah, great. And that takes us into our final the critical game. game here. Our final game of the week. Because you've renamed this team. Broncos. Oh, yeah. Titans at – sorry, not Broncos. Titans at Matt's Broncos. That is the new name of this team. I am all in on Denver this year. I have never been more in on a random team. <laughs> like, you think I'm big on Dallas. I am on this Broncos wagon. <laughs> really? Because you didn't draft any of them in fantasy. <laughs> I realize that, too. Gotcha. Uh, when at the round I was going to take Jerry Judy, and though he went like five picks before me, but I'm also know that I needed to go big for fantasy because I have not had a great record the past two years. And when it comes to fantasy, you you don't go biased on players. Like I have no Green Bay players. Well, that just I have no Falcon it, players. Proves you're not a real fan. I took Devontae Adams in the first round. Uh, I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and I got good running backs. Unlike Mister Cam Akers over here. Ugh, ah, too soon. <laughs> we haven't even played a game yet. We haven't even had week one yet. No, it's already too soon to talk about my running backs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but this game, yeah, I, like you did, I like how you noted Vic Beasley versus Matt Broncos. I feel real good about that matchup. <laughs> well, feel good. Just say you might feel good about Vic Beasley, who may or may not even be on the field. But how do you feel about Jadeveon Clowney versus Matt Broncos? Because the Titans made the latest big splash. Uh, just this past week, bringing in the free agent pass rusher, Jadavion Clowney. It's going to be, it's going to give this offensive line a, a run for its money. But I also think that so close to the start of the season, great, great player, but it's very close to where he's got what a week, if that, to learn yeah, yeah, yep. a defensive scheme and then execute. Not saying it's not possible. If I'm a defensive coordinator with with Clowney's type of talent, I just kind of say, here's your position. Just go make Greek havoc. Right, for just, just rush the passer. That's it. <laughs> and you do a fantastic job against that. Mm-hmm. Him and Vic Beasley, I think I think he won't replace Beasley. I think they'll be opposite each other because I looked at the depth chart and, and they, there's nobody good across from Beasley currently. And the Titans had one of the worst uh, pass rushes last season. I think they had the second fewest um, – hit on the quarterback or something like that. So they needed the help. The signing makes a lot of sense, but you're right. It's probably a little bit too close to the season to make it a huge impact in this. Week two, definitely. Week yeah. one, 
I'm on the fence a little bit. Nothing against Clowney, just circumstances. Yep. And then um, on the Broncos, this this game is full of our proven players too. I think we each have two. And my other one is Noah Fant, who is of course on that Denver offense, a uh, young tight end in his second year. I think he's going to be fantastic. Is he going to be? Oh, <laughs> good one. So yeah, I can't wait to see what Fant looks like. And but the biggest story on that offense is, of course, the quarterback Drew Locke in his first full season as a starter. And the, he's got this offense locked down. Don't you worry about it. Oh my God, you're terrible. And <laughs> the reports out of camp. I mean, his teammates seem to love him. What was the quote from Von Miller that he's a rock star? <laughs> yes. I think there was I a mean, word and, before and the word rock star that we can't repeat. But <laughs> and of course, you know, being biased to the Broncos, I uh, I watched their Instagram training camp videos, and he is just he's dropping dimes to these receivers. Like ball placement looks good, release looks good, mechanics look good. Granted, these are scrimmage games against their own players, but those being able to put the ball accurately in a spot builds a rapport with receivers. Mm-hmm. And he's got some good ones besides Fant at the tight end position. We've got Cortland Sutton, Sutton there. Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy, their first-round pick in this year's draft, who was also getting rave reviews from, from defenders on that team, talking about how hard he is to cover already. He is really good at his routes. And you don't realize how critical a good route runner is until you don't have one. <laughs> um, what I'm curious to see, though, is how is he when the court, when the pocket breaks down – and the quarterback has to improvise. Great route runners sometimes make poor improvisers because they've been drilled into their head, you stick to your route. Yeah. But when the play breaks down, it's all about getting open and getting your quarterback out of trouble. Right. Tannehill is another big one to flip it back, and then we'll flip back over to Broncos. I'm interested to see how Tannehill does against this stellar defense. Yeah. Um, I mean, because typically, or ideally for them, for the Titans, they don't ask him to do too much, right? They put the ball, they put the game in Derrick Henry's hands and and let him run with it, and and only ask uh, or primarily ask Tannehill to do play action passes that build off of that and and set him up to succeed. That may not work against this Broncos defense just because of how stout they are as a whole unit. It's going to be interesting uh, to really see how defenses have prepped for this offense. We've, we've talked about how this offense does one thing and does it almost better than anyone else. They run the ball with a power attack, but now the defense of coordinators have had an entire off season to analyze this. It's kind of like when a rookie does really, really well their first year. And then you see them regress a little bit. Yep. I'm not saying there's going to be this massive regression, but Everyone underestimated the Titans, especially in that off that postseason push. Everyone counted them out, yep. and yet they continue to do it. And I'm wondering if it was just they didn't believe that this was possible, but now they know that the Titans' attack is real. Right, and now they've seen it. There's plenty of game film on on what exactly want they want to do outside of Henry. The offensive playmakers are a little bit limited to the uh, AJ Brown, who was a rookie last year. Uh, and then the next biggest threat in the passing game, I think, is their tight end, Jonu Smith, who's super athletic, more of a pass catcher than a blocker, and does it very well. But if you, you know, if you cover those two guys and stack the box, then Tannehill could struggle. Especially because without the run, he can't use the play action to his favor. Yeah. So, and then you're. So, who's your last proven player in this game? Then we'll make our picks. Bradley Chubb. Another guy who's going to make life difficult for Tannehill. Yep. And that's what I'm gambling on. I just want to see, you know, after last season's injury, I just want to see Chubb back. He was on a career path last year. And this year, I want to, I, I think he can do it. If he gets two sacks in this game, he's going to be on par to, to have a stellar year. Cool. And, you know, after our conversation, I'm feeling a little bit less confident about this pick, but, but I have chosen the Titans to win this game. I think it comes as no surprise. I'm sticking to my guns, and I have my Broncos. Your Broncos, that's right. I think I think I should make it a rule now that every week I have to choose my Broncos, regardless of matchup. <laughs> um, All right. We have right, four, that's it. That wraps up. To wrap up everything, because this is going to be like a two-hour episode. Right? Uh, yeah, I know. We're, we're going long. So that, that's all the games. Tune out now if you don't care about our fantasy leagues. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, we'll talk, let's talk about our FanDuel contest really quick. This is, of course, week one, so it, we're, it's zero to zero. However, you are our reigning champion. I am. I won something last year. <laughs> Although I still have the trophy, so who's the real champion? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, if I win it this year, I will be asking for that back. <laughs> in the meantime, I'll just hang on to it, though, just in case. It, it's a subtle reminder of what you could have. Yeah. Last year, I actually had I had both trophies in my house last year. Oh, 2018 was a great year for fantasy. <laughs> and it all went to hell. Pretty much. Along with the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so then in week one... Um, so yeah, our FanDuel, our weekly contest is just the two of us head to head and the roster is, I think it's, is it half PPR scoring? I, I don't even know. I should know. I don't even know. I just pick players. It's a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, tight end flex and defense. And yeah, it's, it's through FanDuel as we've said, which for anyone who isn't aware at this point, uh, you get a salary, you can spend the player's uh, to fill your roster with are all available to you, but they all cost more money based on how how high they're ranked for the week. So uh, and and you only have a certain amount of budget to play with, so you have to pick and choose where you spend your money, and that's where you get interesting. So you look at who's priced extraordinarily low, pick a few of those guys, and then maybe you have more money for superstars. Uh, but that's I have to you- say, most of my roster is rated over seven thousand dollars. How'd you manage that? Do we have the same budget? <laughs> so who is your cheapest uh, non-defensive tight end? Because those are priced lower already. So who is your cheapest? Uh, it's yeah. a wide receiver at $6,100, and that's uh, Mr. Brown of Buffalo. Oh, okay. John Brown? Yes, sir. Sure. So, yeah, John Brown against the Jets. That should be a good matchup. Right? Um, and then... So I actually went lower than you though, fifty eight hundred, which I was shocked at this pricing. Is is Marquise Hollywood Brown of the Ravens? Really? Yeah, I was super surprised at how cheap he was. So yeah, I put Brown on there, and then I was able to afford, uh, not to brag, but I was able to afford Michael Thomas as a result. So why don't you just go down your roster line? Sure. Real quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, so I've got Tom Brady's my quarterback at seventy five hundred. Not the greatest matchup, I guess, now that I think about it, against the Saints have a pretty decent defense, but too late. Comes out swinging in week one. Well, I could still edit it, but <laughs> nope. Just kidding. No, we, we, we won't. I won't, though. Uh, running back, I've got Dalvin Cook. I went expensive there, but then I paired him with super cheap Marlon Mack uh, because he's against Jacksonville, who has you know nobody left on that defense. And even though they drafted the rookie Jonathan Taylor, they're both listed as starters and just due to the fact of taylor being a rookie uh, I, I bet mac gets more carries at least in this game and it's a good matchup so i picked him um in that same on that same team i picked ty hilton i do think he's gonna have a big game going up against your uh cj henderson of the jags and then uh, also at receiver i picked dj chark oh also in that game i've got a lot invested in the colts jaguars i realize uh but yeah i love dj chark him and Gardner Minshew had a great connection last year. And Chark was pretty cheap. Actually, he and Hilton were about the same at 65 and 6,600. Uh, Hollywood Brown already mentioned. Uh, tight end, I went with Hayden Hurst. Oh. You too? Yep. All right, so cancel that one out. That's a wash. <laughs> Michael Thomas is my flex, and then I went with the Bills defense. So I have Garoppolo as my quarterback. Oh, Spicy. At 7,300. Okay. My RB1 is, of course, CEH. Ah, uh, of course. Another guy you're all in on this year. Um, at 72. Mark Ingram is actually my second running back. Ah. At 7,000. Hmm. Uh, Cooper Cup is my WR1 at 72. Okay. John Brown at 61. And then I can't believe that I was able to lock this up, but I got Chris Godwin. Okay. Yep. For, for 77. Nice. Hayden Hurst is obviously a wash at 53. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson is my flex. Oh, I like that pick. And my defense, I took the 49ers. All right. Yeah. That's... So I went a little bit lower on defense in order to offset some of the high spending I had going on. 
but I used all of my budget and I'm really happy with this lineup. Yeah, me too. I had to play around with it a little bit to get down to zero, but I think that's the best way to do it. It's always weird when you pick players and you look at your salary and you're like, how do I have $400 left? Where did I go wrong? Right. And then you start looking and there's nobody who's exactly 400 higher than one of your players. You're like, oh, now what? (laughs) All right, cool. So yeah, that'll be our FanDuel matchup this week. And then do you just want to quickly go over our redraft roster? Very quickly. Yeah, let's just, let's do that. So we added uh, for this season, we've got uh, actually same as the FanDuel, except with uh, Superflex offensive position. So quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, a flex, a super flex, and defense. Uh, so my starting quarterback is Carson Wentz. Again, I did this last year too, and it was not great. I ended up benching him most of the year. <laughs> he came on strong at the end. Hopefully he carries that momentum. Uh, running back, I've got Joe Mixon. Happy with that. He was my second-round pick. Uh, number two running back is Kareem Hunt, which I feel okay about. <laughs> no, I hate you for that. <laughs> but I, I got you back. I'm happy to have him on my roster, but I would have preferred he be a flex, you know, um, rather than my RB2, given that, of course, he's behind Nick Chubb on the, the running back depth chart. There. He's still going to have fantasy relevance. You're going to be okay. Yes, yes. Okay, thank you, Matt. I love my receiving core. That's the one thing I'm very happy about. I've got Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, and Juju Smith-Schuster on my top three receivers. Um, Mike Gusecki at tight end. So I went with the same strategy as our mock draft for tight ends. I took two super late. So I took Gasicki and uh, Chris Herndon. I don't know who's going to be good week one, but I'm hoping I know by like week four or five, hopefully one of them emerges as like a <laughs> weekly, a weekly uh, starter in my lineup. Uh, Marlon Mack is my flex right now. Same logic as in FanDuel. I think at least for the beginning of the season, he'll be very productive before Jonathan Taylor takes over that job. Uh, and then Roethlisberger is my... Um, offensive player and then i've got the titans defense in there which which i'm not thrilled about necessarily after we just talked up the denver offense and then yeah on the bench i've got um acres the rams running back like we talked about sterling Shepard, deshaun jackson just some wide receiver depth and Nicole hardman i've got darrell williams who will be ceh's backup so let me know if you want me to trade him to you at some point <laughs> uh, the price will be high give me price love <laughs> and then Chris Herndon is my backup tight end. Uh, and then I, I drafted Damian Harris, the Patriots running back, because he was having a good camp, but he's on IR. So I moved to my IR slot and picked up Tyrod Taylor. So I've got a third quarterback on my team. Are you cool? For, for when Wentz gets hurt and or is terrible. See, you're already saying it. I didn't even have to make the joke. <laughs> All right. You, want, you do your roster really quick and then we'll we'll wrap up. So my starting QB is Mr. Dak Prescott. Nice. RB1 is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Who saw that coming? (laughs) It was actually my first round pick. I had the fifth overall pick. My only logic is Cook hasn't signed a contract yet. Kamara hasn't either, as far as I know. Uh, And those make me nervous. As of this recording, no. Although they're supposedly close. (laughs) Um, so I didn't want to take any risk with that. I wanted someone who I knew had a starting position, and that was him. I wanted Kareem Hunt, but somebody, or I wanted Austin Eckler. And three picks before me, Austin Eckler went. Uh, so I decided to make Mike Mann, and I took Chris Carson. That, that made me so mad. He fell to me in the fourth round in, like, every mock draft. <laughs> Except me. Yep. Um, WR1, Cooper Cup. WR2, Michael Gallup. WR3, Marvin Jones Jr. I was very happy I got my tight end, Mark Andrews. I have been in his boat for a while, not only here, but in our Dynasty League as well. Yeah, where we did get him there, so happy about that. Even if I'm annoyed that you got him in season long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My flex is Jordan Howard, simply because I don't think Brita is a reliable slash... Jordan Howard of the Bears? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just checking. Yeah. No, of Miami. Oh. I know. I have a Dolphins offensive player on my roster. Everybody stopped the freaking presses. <laughs> he's the only reliable back in that backfield, so he's going to get the job. My super flex or QB2 is Matthew Stafford. Very happy with that one. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens defense. 
My bench includes Darius Slayton of New York Giants, C.D. Lamb of Dallas. Um, I picked up Tony Pollard as an insurance policy against Ezekiel Elliott. So what I did with my running back depth is I try to get people who, if something happens, albeit COVID or injury, I have an instant starter every week that will be solid and reliable. And that's where I took Pollard. Um, I picked up Dallas Goddard, Hunter Renfro, because Henry Ruggs was gone at this point. Hmm. Corey Davis, the only other receiving threat that the Titans could possibly muster up. Yeah, yeah. And then Bryce Love of Washington, given the fact we're not quite sure the way that backfield's going to lay out, and he's been talked about a lot. Yeah, I mean, with Peterson gone, everyone jumped up the depth chart a rung. So uh, it's Antonio Gibson, we presume, will be the starter with <laughs> – Bryce Love mixed in. Both of those guys got a ton of hype. And, and I feel like, and some of the people who are in our league listen to this, I feel like Bryce Love, if he's on my bench for a while, could be really good trade bait too. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Because like, I don't necessarily need him, need him. But, um, but he's one of those players that value goes up, and I do am suffering in a position that I could get. Absolutely. All right. We've rambled enough. I, needless to say, we're both super pumped for week one. And just this season finally getting underway. Any final parting thoughts? I'm coming for you. Okay. Everybody, enjoy it. Thursday it begins. Sunday it continues. And Monday it ends. Only to begin again next Thursday. Take care, everybody. (laughs) See you guys next time. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.